Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Amen. Good morning, good morning. It's so good to be here with you. In a former part of my life, I spent a lot of time on Alligator Alley, driving back and forth from Miami to Tampa. And on one of these particular trips going from Miami to Tampa, the consensus speed limit, even in the right lane, was about 80 miles an hour. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And coming up very fast was a, a very large, very dark SUV. And no matter which lane I would go into, this SUV would end up right behind me. It was just getting very irritating and very dangerous. And so as I was in the left lane and the gentleman decided to pass on the right lane, he had to go in and out of traffic on the right lane, and the people in the right lane were very confused and tried to move over. It almost was a disaster, all at 80 miles an hour. And as the person finally zipped past, I had one of those prayers. Oh, God, get him. <laughs> he deserves it. He's a really bad guy. Have you ever done that before? Uh, yeah. You want that justice and that righteousness, don't you? And sure enough, about 20 minutes later, 15, 20 minutes later, there he was on the side of the road with a Florida Highway Patrol car right behind him with blue lights. And like you, probably, I had a big smile on my heart. <laughs> and I said, yes! In the Gospel of Luke, in the first part, the disciples are following Jesus, and they're at this place where they begin asking him questions and trying to get him to make sense of when good things happen to bad people, and when bad things happen to good people, and when bad things happen to bad people. And Jesus stops the conversation. Did you notice that? And says, no, no, let's get back in your lane. Let's don't worry about those folks right now. Let's worry about you and your relationship with me. So in this passage in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus reveals that God is both the judge and very merciful, both and. We stay in our lanes, spiritually speaking, and take care of our own journeys. And we are on a journey. We're on a common journey, but each one of us has a, an individual expression of that journey. And let's review where we are on the journey in the season of Lent. Let's go back to the Sunday before Lent begins, when the readings are from the Transfiguration story. Do you remember the Transfiguration story? Right before that, in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 9, Jesus is with Peter, and Peter confesses him as Messiah, God. And then they climb to the Mount of Transfiguration and they have this absolutely fantastic, dazzling experience. It's Peter, James, and John, and it's with Moses and Elijah, and it is with Jesus. 
in Peter, one of those types who's always speaking before he thinks, blurts out, this is great. This is wonderful. Let's just stay here. What he didn't say, what happens to an awful lot of us, I know me in particular, that when we have that experience, we want to stay, and then we look at our own spiritual journeys and our lives and we say, it's all downhill from here. And Jesus, at the beginning of the story, reminds those disciples, and he articulates it again, that it's not all downhill from here. By the way, Jesus says to the disciples, and their words are not there in the gospel, in the ninth chapter in the transfiguration, but you could see him pointing toward Jerusalem and said, there's another hill. That's where we're going. Let's go together. And then we experience in the first Sunday of Lent the temptation narrative. And now... Jesus is continuing that story of discipleship, isn't he? And they continue looking to Jesus, but also looking for a sign that they're on the right way. Give us some certainty, they're saying in these stories. Give us the connection that when you pray, God will get them. Or when we pray, this outcome is guaranteed. And Jesus is saying, don't look at the signs. Look at me. Look at your life. And see what God is saying in that journey in your own life. And sometimes, like Moses, we have to have the big sign. But did you listen carefully to the story that was being told? Even with the big sign, a burning bush in the middle of the desert, Moses still had his doubts and questions, didn't he? It was filled with ifs, buts, what about this? And we can understand, because according to the story, Moses is about 80 years old at this time, between 40 and 80. He's been out there for a long time. And life for him has not been just linear. It's about wandering with these sheep out into the desert and back, back and forth. Back and forth. And one day, that bush that he's probably turned and walked past a thousand times turns into something new and different. Did you see what happened in the story? The angel speaks first, and he turns aside, and God's got to get his attention by speaking himself. And Moses is starting to get it, but he has all his questions. And God gives him a sign, another sign, another word, and Moses accepts the commission and journeys on. And it's still not easy. Remember, 40 more years in the wilderness after the encounter with Pharaoh. We have to continue to seek God and his will for our life. You see, one of the great mistakes we make in our spiritual journeys and this is a strong opinion of mine, is that we look for God's plan in our life. When the scripture and the witness of the church says, God has a plan, and he wants you to be part of that plan, come along. 
Join me in that plan. I will use your gifts and your talents. But the journey is not linear. The journey is not necessarily easy, but it will be fulfilling and it will fill you up with God. And there are times in our lives when it doesn't go easy and it takes too long. But we have to trust. And I'll get back to that. I can't think of uh, Psalm 63 without thinking about a young friend of mine who's not so young, but he told the story when he was young. He was uh, telling the story about when he was a captain in an armored division on the western part of Iraq on that first morning of the first war, and he was in the front. And he was waiting for the word, go. And these words from Psalm 63, he's told me, welled up in his heart and his mind. And those who have never been in that place can understand that even though you might be in a tank with other men, it could be probably the most loneliest place in all the world. You have all this responsibility. And you are all talking about lives in your hand. But he said to me, this Psalm 63 welled up inside of him from Camp Weed days when he learned it as a song. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee in a dry and thirsty land. You're with me. So those things happen in our lives. We find ourselves in deserts. And that's when we turn to the second part of the story in the Gospel of Luke, when we look to the person who is digging, the gardener, the farmer, and we trust in him, that he has a plan, and he invites us to be part of that plan. And the spiritual journey is about following and being patient with ourselves and perhaps even patient with God and to continue the journey. When I was a young Christian, I found myself in an Episcopal church for the first time, part of a congregation, Church of the Advent in Tallahassee, Florida. And I was helping out an awful lot, doing anything I could to help the mission along, as it were. And I had one of those mistakes. I had a pickup truck. And what happens when you own a pickup truck? You are everybody's best friend, especially in time of moving or working. So Bob Snell used to have this way about him. He gave me a phone call and said, Eric, how would you like to do a favor for God? You're going to say no? I said, well, Father Bob, what do you want me to do? And so he said, I want you to go over to so-and-so's house. And I want you to dig up all the, cut, uh, prune all the azaleas and the dogwoods all the way back, dig them up, and replant them at the chapel, St. Clement's Chapel, on 815 Piedmont Drive in Tallahassee, Florida. And so that's what I did all weekend long. And then I stood back and looked at the plants. You ever seen an azalea pruned all the way back to replanting? or dogwood, the ground is brown, the, le the limbs are brown. It's pretty ugly. 
I took a deep breath and said, okay. Several months later, maybe even a year later, I found myself here in Jacksonville. I was in the process of discernment to become an ordained minister in the Episcopal Church, and I was wandering around. I thought, well, one day I might end up in Jacksonville, so let's take a look around, and I found myself at St. Andrew's Church in Arlington, north of Arlington. And there was this beautiful chapel building surrounded with plenteous and beautiful azaleas, and the sidewalk was lined with dogwood trees. And so I stopped to admire. The sexton came out, introduced himself, asked me what I was doing here. I told him, and then I pointed out the azaleas and the dogwood trees. He said, oh yeah. He said, those were planted when Father Bob Snell was the rector here. God calls us to journey with him. There are distractions along the way. We keep looking for signs. And sometimes those signs aren't necessarily the things that change us and inspire us to continue. Last story. Father Aidan was a renowned Catholic theologian and found himself lost, taught at a major Catholic university here in the United States, and he found himself with Mother Teresa of Calcutta and her ladies, her women, working in the streets and still unsatisfied. So he set up an appointment with Mother Teresa and I've never done this before, but people who've told me said, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to wait. When she's ready to speak to you, she will speak to you. And finally, Aidan was brought in, told his story, and then she said, how can I pray for you? And he said, I need clarity in my life. And she said, I'm not going to pray for clarity. You have enough facts to fill a thousand encyclopedias. You have enough experience to fill volumes of theological journals. You don't need clarity, Aiden. I'm going to pray for you to trust Trust, not clarity. So when we look for signs along the way, I share that prayer with you. Trust. Thank you for listening. <laughs>